Champions, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is February 26th. The lockout continues, as well as negotiations. There have been some bad days and slightly better days. We have to cover it, but slightly less intense coverage this week as we get into some baseball talk. Whether we're in denial, blindly hopeful, or just tired of the legal talk, we're going to break down what the Buckos look like on paper heading into the 22 season. Let's talk Bucks baseball. My name is Josh, and I am joined in the same room this week by my brother, Jake. What's up, Jake? How are we doing, man? It's interesting being in here. Yeah, it's so it's not a big room. No. <laughs> so we're a little crammed in here. I still was able to set up some sort of uh, uh, video for those who watch on YouTube so that we still have the two screens, and it looks the same as it normally does, but... I, I don't have a way to get like a big widescreen shot of the two of us. Yeah. Like I just don't have that because the room is so small. So someday <laughs> I'll have like a studio or whatever, but not right now. But this is cool. Yeah, We're here. Cool. It's uh it's actually good morning to you. <laughs> it's Saturday morning right now. Um, and obviously you guys will hear this on Monday. So there will be a couple more CBA meetings before <laughs> uh before you guys listen. And uh we're hoping that Monday some things can get figured out. Oh, man. We need baseball back. We, we do. So, yeah, today we're going to get in. We're going to talk about the CBA stuff, but we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. At least we're not going to – I'll say this. We're not going to spend a ton of thinking on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, we're going to go through some things. We're going to kind of say where things are, and then we have a little bit of, a, of an opinion that we want to share about some things. Um, and then after that, we're going to get into – uh, what we think as of right now, the pirates look like heading into the season. And I think that's going to be the big thing that, uh, that we're going to take a look at. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get into the CBA talk. Uh, just to give a rundown of the week, man, the last Thursday, Friday were really bad as far as getting anything. I don't know what kind of conversation was being done. Hopefully it was something helpful, Monday, they were in there for about three hours. MLB made their counter. Basically, they took their pre-R bonus pool. If you guys aren't familiar with uh, with what we're talking about, we're going to break down what each of these things are. But um, but we'll just run through this week, and then we'll kind of go through. Pre-R bonus pool from $15 million to $20 million. Draft lottery that they're trying to get done from the bottom three. They increased it to the bottom four. We'll go into a lottery. They withdrew their request to cut the minor league jobs. We've had discussions about that. They basically pulled that out of it. They pulled out um, their offer, though, along with that, to limit options to five per season. Uh, They pulled that. So basically what that is, because that's not included down below, I don't believe, the players are saying, we want to limit, because right now you have three options per player, but that option is an option year. So if I send you down, I've used your option for this year. I can bring you up and send you down an unlimited amount of times. And we've seen that with the Pirates and bringing up pitchers and sending them back down and later bring them up and send them. And then it's just a merry-go-round because they can do this as much. The players are saying, we want to limit how many times you can do that because that's messing with their service time. It's messing with their paychecks because they only come up for a day. So, I mean, they're just trying to, you know, the players are trying to, to get a little more out of that. If you think I'm valuable enough to bring up, then keep me up there. Right. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. 
Um, but they pulled that out. They were saying, okay, five. I don't know what happens if you send them down a sixth time. Do you use another option year? I think that would be a, a good way to do it instead of like forcing them. The only other yeah, thing that I, would be would be to like DFA them. Right. And I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's not. But I, I like the uh, using up one of their other option years if you, if you send them down a sixth time. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I was just messing with the noise gate on Jake's mic because I felt like it was cutting out a little bit. And I don't know if the recording was there, but I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. We're going to mess with this noise gate real quick. Sorry about that. <laughs> so anyway, that's ba- they they pulled it out anyway. It's not part of their offer at this point. So I don't know if that'll find its way back in. But that was an interesting one that I that I just wanted to touch on. Tuesday, it was another lengthy meeting. The players made their counter on this, on this day. The minimum salary... Um, they changed it a little bit, but they're still pretty high and we'll go over what those numbers are. They moved their, um, uh, the, the, the pre-R bonus pool that we talked about before they moved it. There's, there's, there's a, a number of money and there's a number of players. There's an amount of money and a number of players. (laughs) And so they lowered their number of players basically from 80% of the two to three players or two plus players to 75%. So basically... They're just changing the amount of players. Yeah. Um, and not by much. And not by much. Well, that's kind of interesting, though, because down below, we kind of have a... We don't have a percentage listed. We have a, a number of players. So it's kind of... Okay. Anyway, bottom seven teams for the draft lottery. They were at eight. They moved to seven. MLB was at three. They moved to four. So you can see some talks getting moving a little bit. And no change to their CBT raise, which is the big, the this is the big gap. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, MLB, instead of like, they increased their minimum salary by 10K, that's all they did. But they also announced, this is the big deal, if there's no deal by Monday, regular season games will be canceled or will be missed. And they also said, we will not make up any of those days. Right. Players will not get paid for those days. And you will not accrue service time for those days. So it was basically like, here it is. You yeah. got Monday. Yeah, and, and it's it's putting a deadline without saying there's a strict debt. Like, it's not that there's a deadline or we don't have a CBA. No, but at the same time, they're, they they want these players to be like, oh, shoot, this is real. Yeah, but there is a deadline for the deal to be or to not miss games. Right. And so that's right. where they're at right now. Then Thursday, basically nothing. Um there was information that we learned about the players and the draft lottery stuff, but nothing official. And then Friday, MLB announces cancellation of spring training games through March 7th, which is extended from whatever it was, March 4th or whatever. Yeah. Now it's March 6th, so it won't start until March 8th. Basically, those last two days were garbage. Pretty much. And I was expecting a little bit, but at the same time, I wasn't because when you set a deadline... Things don't get done till the deadline. Right. That's just the way it goes. They're not going to finish it early. No. So they're going to incrementally move just to see if I can get you to come my way a little bit. Yeah, they try to use that deadline as leverage. Yeah. You know, and both sides will try. Right. So as of Tuesday, I kind of wrote down some thoughts, and this is the crazy thing. It didn't change. I wrote down thoughts on Tuesday thinking that, Maybe my thoughts would change throughout the week, and they just haven't. Yeah. I think the players are going to have to pick between a higher minimum or the increase to the Super 2 eligible players. 
I I don't think that they're going to get both of those things. No, I don't see it either. And you know that in our opinions, this is what we're focusing in on. We're focusing in on the younger players. They need to get paid more. I don't care about Max Scherzer. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's fine. He's, yeah. So let's go through a couple of these things and 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 kind of get moving on these. Uh, the minimum salary right now, MLB in 22, is at 640. It goes up about 10K every year. Is that right? 640, yeah. 650, 60, 78. It goes up 10K every year. That's minimum salary. Done. The Players Association starts at 775. I'm in favor of that. Yeah. But they increase by quite a bit more, ending the CBA at 895, which I'm still okay with. However, you start with the 135,000 gap and you end in 26 with a $215,000 gap. That gap has to be closed. So somewhere along the line, the players need to put emphasis on increasing this minimum salary. Maybe one of the ways they do that is by not having the increases so great every year from 135 to 150. It's going up 20K every year. The other is going up 10K every year. So let's see. Maybe we can go up 15K every year. Yeah. Something like that. You know what I mean? But let's let's get them to 775 or 750, something like that. By Canon, I think, some of the bonus pool stuff. Maybe Canon, the bonus pool altogether, let's address it later. Yeah. But I don't think they're will. I think they really want something like this. So the other thing and the biggest thing. So to me, that's the most important thing in the whole yeah. thing. I think that's the most important thing. But the biggest gap is this cap or the, the tax threshold. Uh, the, the tax, the MLB, it was at 210. They were going to move it to 214 for the first two years for 22 and 23. And then it only goes up to 216, 218, 222. So not moving all that much. The Players Association starting off at 245. <laughs> then they go to 252, 259. They're all the way up to 273, meaning that their gap in 22 is 31 million. And then it grows to 51 million. But there's also, MLB also has proposed increases in tax rates. And so there's actually more involved there because the tax rate goes up. Right. And they're not going to go for that either, the players. But. I don't think that you have much in this game. Right. I think if you could get them above 214, if you could even get them to 218 and then start moving up from there, you'll be lucky. Yeah. And I think that's what the players, they need to cut this out because I'm not worried about those guys. All you're doing is asking for more Max Scherzers to exist. Right. And I think that's the part that I have a problem with. And I'm using Max Scherzer because he's been so vocal. Right. With but, no reason to be. The, the the top 5%, they're getting paid. I'm not worried about those guys. They're fine. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to can the draft pick piece of it. If you're, if you're over that threshold for three years and you lose a draft pick, that part of it needs to be cut out. Yeah, that's, that's Just crazy. because what you're doing is you're making it a penalty to spend the money, and I don't think it should be penalized. I think it should be encouraged. Because that's what that's competitive balance. That's the whole point. If those guys go over the threshold, then more money goes to other teams. And I think that's the thing that it should be. So draft pick compensation, this is for free agent stuff. MLB's proposed eliminating that, which I think is also good. 
it doesn't come into play very much. We probably talked about it uh, on here, but it doesn't come into play much for the Pirates because we don't offer qualifying offers to players anyway. No. And I think that's the big thing is if we're not offering qualifying offers, then we're not going to get this draft pick compensation anyway. So it's just <laughs> it, what it does is when there's a guy who has a draft pick tied to them, actually, actually, I think if you lose a player, you still do get a draft pick. There is still a draft pick comp if you lose a player. The thing that they're canning is that if I sign a free agent, I don't lose a draft pick for signing him. I think that's the case. The, what I read further onto it, and I could be wrong about that. Look that up. Don't take my word for it. Yeah, I have it in my notes here. It says their plan still calls for teams to get draft picks for losing free agency, depending on the quality of the player. But there is no longer... So maybe there is still a qualifying offer to be made. So you could still get a draft pick for losing him. But what you won't get is you won't get uh, penalized for signing that guy. Right. Which I think is very good. You shouldn't get that. But anyway, pre-art bonus pool is pretty confusing to me. Basically, the Players Association came in. They said, hey, for guys that have two-plus service in, what we want to do is there's already something in place called the Super 2. And what they do is they take the top 22% of two-plus players, two-plus meaning uh, service time, and they call that Super 2. And what they do is they take that top 22% and they put them into arbitration a year early. So they get four years of arbitration instead of the three and three, they get two and four. And it's just the top 22% based on service time. So what the players have come with is uh, they're trying to base this thing on war and whatever else. And they're trying to say top 75%. uh, Oh, wait. 75% 75% is arbitration eligibility. That is the Super 2. I, I, I jumped ahead there, didn't I? The Super yeah. 2, yeah. The, okay, so let's do Super 2 since I already explained that. The top 22% going to Super 2. MLBPA wants the top 75% of players to go to arbitration early. And so this is the thing where I'm like, okay, guys, you got to... Let's leave the Super 2 alone. You got this pre-arb bonus. Play. I'm sorry. I'm real, I really confused everybody. You should have stopped me there. <laughs> ah, okay. Pre-arb is the top. So MLB came in right now. They're at the top one, 150 players based on war. Okay. Which I don't like. No, but they're saying the top 150 players. Now this is all three years, not two plus players. This is one, two, zero, one, and two plus players. Mm-hmm. Anybody under three years of, of service time. Basically, they're going to pick the top 150 based on war, and they're going to have a pool set aside that comes from Central Revenue MLB. They're going to have a pool set aside to say, we're going to spread this money out on these uh, amongst these guys. So MLB came back and they said, we actually don't hate this idea, but wherever they started, right now they're at the top 30 players, and the pool is $20 million. Yeah. So we talked about this because right now the gap is $95 million, but it's really not if you... If you think about the players, if you can just agree on the players, you're not that far off. Let's say MLB says, okay, we'll agree on the top 150. Well, then their number automatically goes up to 100 million. Yeah. So they're only 15 million off. If the players then say, okay, top 30 players, well, their number changes. If, if, if you're saying this much per player, their number changes to 23 million. So now they're only 3 million off. So obviously, if you get the players somewhere in the middle, oh, we end up at top 50, that number is going to be a little bit closer. Yeah. 
than, than what it feels like right now. However, this is a brand new thing, a brand new idea that was brought to the table. I just don't know if it's included in this, but maybe it is. I don't know. MLB doesn't seem to be opposed to it. They're just saying, yeah, but we're not going to put that much into it. I don't, I don't mind the concept of it. I don't like using war. I, I just don't. It's yeah, a, it's not they're just trying to number. base it on something. I know, but they're just, but everybody's playing that same game. I know. I I can just see, I, you know, watching MLB Network, this idea kind of got brought up to me. Uh, I was watching Harold Reynolds the other day, and he was talking about it, and it makes perfect sense. You 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 get this war number that Cleveland might have one war number and Pittsburgh might have another war number because their formulas are different. War has not been defined yet. I don't hate war, but I don't think we should use it to pass around money when it's not a defined, definitive number yet. Well, I don't think Cleveland and Pittsburgh have a different number. Fangraphs and Baseball Reference have a different number. Well, there's a, there's all kinds of formulas out there for war. Okay. Well, they're basing it, what it sounds like, they're basing it off of Fangraphs war. It won't be, it won't be based on the a random... It'll be based on a singular thing. Yeah. And the way they talked originally is this is going to be based on Fangraph's war. So that would still, that's still, everybody's playing under the same formula. It would, but there's multiple formulas for the same number still. But not in Fangraph's. There's not multiple numbers for a batting average. There's not multiple formulas for walk percentage. There's not multiple, you know what I'm saying? It's not a definitive. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, it's still going to be fair to do a top if you're all using the same formula for that purpose. I get that. So it doesn't matter what baseball reference, in this case, it doesn't matter what baseball reference thinks my war is. What matters is the one war that we're following is Fangraph's war. And if that's the case, then that's the one that everybody's even there. It's not like, Hey, I'm Cleveland. I got my guy at a two war. I don't care if Fangrass has him at a three war. He's only a two war. It, actually, it doesn't even matter to Cleveland because this is coming from central revenue. Right. So really it isn't even going to matter that there'd be no reason for the teams to put in something that values or devalues their player. I mean, it did. Well, sure. And it, especially because like, this is going to be based on Fangrass war anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like, Okay, now if I get this, if I if if I finish in the top percentage of WAR, I get money, not yeah. the team. Right. I if I do this, if I do that, I see where you're going with that. It may affect, and we talked about this last night. It may affect in-game decisions. Even if it does, though, I I agree with what you're saying. I, however. No matter what you do, you're getting paid. The team's not. I think the bigger point in what you're saying is um, if I focus on the things that that are good for war, I may change my approach at the plate in a way that benefits my war instead of benefits my team. Yeah. No matter what, when you're talking about pay, you're getting paid. The team's not. So I... I I just think that if you if you tailor your game to benefit the war statistic, that's where it comes in. Yeah, and I could just see like just to use a random random super random example. You're down by one. You're in the eighth inning. Okay. You got a three three one count. Who cares what the count is really? But 
they throw a pitch on the outer half. There's a runner on third. You know if you just put that ball in play, you're going to score a run and tie the game. But my war would be better if I get walked and get on base. Mm-hmm. But you didn't score the run to tie the game. Put it on the next guy. You put it on the next yeah, guy. I understand that. Which next man up is a thing in baseball too. It's hard. I don't know how much. that's. A, I mean, I understand that thought and that concern. Like, I totally get it. I don't know how much you, I mean, like, because if they just throw three fastballs down the middle, you can't walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I still think there's a little bit involved there, but, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. It's just weird for yeah. me. Yeah. It's just a weird concept. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, let's, we should move on, though. Let's go to service time manipulation because um, there are some things there where they're talking about MLB offering two draft picks within the player's first three years if he finishes in the top three in Cy Young Rookie of the Year MPV, MPV, MVP voting. <laughs> so they're actually offering draft picks to the team. The players are taking it saying that the players receive a full year of service time in their rookie season if infield and catchers, if you're an infielder or a catcher and you finish am, among the top seven for their position in war in each league, if it's outfield, relief pitcher, starting pitcher, you have to finish in the top 20. And basically, they would receive, even if they don't get to a full year that season, think like Wander Franco, who did not play a full season, but probably was in the top. Yeah. of A top seven of infielders. So in that case, he pro- he would then receive a full year service time. Mm-hmm. So the MLB said, no, we'll we'll benefit the, the club so that the club will be motivated to to bring up O'Neill Cruz on opening day, let him play a whole year. If he does well, you get draft picks for that. Yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> Which is the whole Chris Bryant thing. It's the whole that's Chris whole, Bryant that's thing. That's where it all really came to light. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then there was other things about saying, well, we like the draft pick comp to teams too, the players said. So anyway, anti-tanking measures is the draft lottery stuff. MLB is right now, they're at the top four picks. MLBPA's top seven picks. I tell you what, there's a bunch of other things in there where the things get weird. I'm not even going to go through that stuff. Um, there's a there's a 12, um, excuse me, there's a 12-team playoff. Eight, oh, I think some of their stuff is, okay, so that comes later. Some of these things are really mixed up with their draft lottery yeah. for the Players Association where there's like a weight uh that there's like a weighted opportunity for you to get the number one. It's really crazy, but they want everybody in it. Um, all right, so anyway, uh, revenue sharing. MLB's just basically like, we're happy. MLBPA wants $30 million in reduction. Pirate fans don't want any reduction. They're with the owners on this. <laughs> we would just want more money we can get, the yeah. better, but we have to somehow force them to spend it, but whatever. Yeah. Expanded playoffs. The Major League Baseball is at 14 teams. Of course you are. The more games you have, the more money you make. The Players Association's at 12 teams. And their purpose in this is they think that if you expand it too far, you're going you're gonna to decrease the incentive to go out and sign players. Um, yeah, because if you To can bolster sneak, your roster because you can, yeah. You can sneak in a lot easier. The more teams there are, you can sneak in. And once you're in, you're in. Like, anything can happen. That's right. So I think that's that's their point. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that just says, man, baseball's the hardest to make it. Let's just keep that. We have yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want it to... Like, the NHL, more than half the league makes the postseason. Yeah, it's If insane. you're playing 162 games, which NHL does not, right? 
But if you're playing 162 games, I think you've figured it out by now. Yeah. If you're going to start putting half the league in the postseason, then let's shorten the season. Yeah. Just shorten it. Yeah. And you know they're not going to do that. No way. Because that messes with too much of the things. It messes with pay for the players. They don't want that. Right. And I think that's where they see it going, maybe. Maybe that's part of it. But the thing is, is I'm actually okay with 12 teams. I think there's a way you can make it work with with six on each side. Mm -hmm. I think when you add that seventh, you just add, I mean, you just add too much. It's two extra teams that make it, but... I think there's just enough. I don't mind there being 12. It's it's too much for me. I'd rather it be harder. But like right now you're at five. You're only adding one team. Right. It's really not that big of a deal. No. I would and, be happy with just series. Yeah. I would be happy with just making the wild card a series right now. Yeah. But I get it. I I I can't be what am I gonna be? I mean, first off, I don't they, nobody cares what I think, but <laughs> But anyway, and DH is in. We know that. That's part of the deal. Yeah. We need to get through this. We're running out of time to be on this topic. Do you have any closing thoughts? I know that we have – this is the, really where we wanted to get to. Yeah. You know, we don't want to miss games. We got to get this deal done. When I say we, I have nothing to do with it. But you know, you got you, you got to think about the fans at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you got guys I, – I work with a guy, and he's still – mad over the 94 strike like he does and he loves baseball he still talks baseball just all old baseball because he doesn't watch anymore he has not watched i mean he may have watched a game or two here and there but he has not watched baseball like he has if you miss games you're gonna end up with more guys like this more people like this and and baseball right now you can't afford to do anything to jeopardize fans yeah i mean yeah, we, we we covered that last that. week. Yeah. That you know, obviously we don't we don't think it's dying, but do things like this, and you're moving that way. Yeah, you're hurting it. Yeah, and absolutely. you'll you'll continue to hurt it as you go along. And we can't let steroids bail us out this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, the deadline for a deal is Monday. This is the point that I want to make, and I want to make it very clear where I'm at on this. I expect a deal will be done. Monday. If there's not a deal on Monday, then it needs to be clear that MLB and the MLBPA let everyone down. That's the important thing. And I'm not naive in thinking it's going to get done. Like that's not where I'm at. I don't, I'm not sitting here with this false hope saying, yeah, I believe it. I don't care what I believe. I expect a deal to be done Monday. I refuse to see it any other way. If I say I expect a deal done and we'd be playing baseball in June, and if we all say that, then the players and the owners are like, hey, the fans don't expect baseball till June anyway. We're not hurting anything if we hold it back till June. We're letting them off the hook. And I I don't and I and I tweeted this Wednesday night, whether you like it or hate it, I, I've I've gone back and forth on liking it and hating it, but I always do analogies. And I said that Wednesday night when they said regular season games are canceled, the owners called Uno and laid their wild card face up to let you know where they are. They don't want to budge. They don't care to budge. They are where they are. And I just don't think that the players are fighting a, a, a battle they can win. And that's the, that's the part that's bugging me. So I think it's on you. Even though, players, I agree with the things that you're saying. It's on you. 
get those younger players paid and stop with the CBT stuff. You need to lower that stuff. Max Scherzer's going to be fine. And I'm going to tell you right now, they start losing games, Max Scherzer's going to be fine. Sure, he's losing more money, but it's not hurting him. But there are other guys who, let's talk about guys who are pre-arb, who are losing paychecks that are important. And even if you want to say, ah, 500000 is a lot of money, 600000 is a lot of money. Okay. They're also losing service time. If this season starts on April 20th, then nobody will earn a full season of service time. So we could let O'Neill Cruz play all year, and he's still in year one starting next year. So he loses a whole season, which is great for the Pirates because that means we, uh, we have him for seven years instead of six. And that's not right either. That's service time manipulation, and players, you're playing a hand in that right now mm-hmm. if we don't get this deal done. Not only that, but let's think about guys like I always go to Travis Swaggerty because 2020 was missed. He played 12 games, I think, and got injured. So he's missed two straight years. If you start this season, he's on the 40-man roster. He can't play at AAA. He's sitting there with his hands saying, when do I get to play baseball again? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think of those players. If you don't get this deal done, you're hurting those players. And then, like you said, we talked last week about the importance of the fans. And there is a group of fans, a lot of fans. I was just talking to a buddy of mine this week where he texted me and asked me about uh, when we're getting softball going. You know what I mean? And I said, oh, you know, we, we've got a couple things here. And, I, and he said, man, I got the itch. He said, I just came home from baseball. He plays like the old-fashioned baseball where, you know, you don't use a glove and, you know, there's all these things. But I don't know if he's doing that or if he was coaching or whatever. But he said, man, I just want to I want to play. I want to watch baseball. And I was like, yeah, then MLB's doing this stuff. And he goes, I know. I just found out about that. This is a guy who watches baseball. And he's saying, I just found out about the lockout. I just found out that there might not be an opening day. There is a large chunk of fans who are true baseball fans. They're not as diehard as we are. They're not watching all the offseason moves. They don't care about prospects. They don't care about trades. They don't care about free agents. They don't care about how much money you're making or paying. They don't care about any of that stuff. They just want to watch their favorite team when the summer comes around. Mm -hmm. Baseball's on every night. That's the luxury of baseball. There are a lot of people. Think about people 70 plus. They don't have Twitter. They're not paying attention. They're not watching MLB Network. They're literally going to wait. It's going to be warm outside, and they're going to turn to their channel and say, let's watch the game tonight. What's going on? Why is there no game on? They're not paying attention, but they expect to watch those games. Those are the fans you will lose. Out of sight, out of mind. When baseball season ends, they don't pay attention because it's out of sight and it's completely out of their mind. When summertime comes along, they want to watch baseball. If you're not on, it's out of their mind. Those are the types of fans that you'll start to lose. They'll start to get other things to do in the summer. Yep. And then when you come back, what are they going to do? They may not come back. Those are the types of fans. Guys like us will be back. I'll watch as soon as it comes back. The day it comes back. I'll be excited and I'll watch. Some of these people just, they, we're not going to pay attention. And then you're going to say, baseball's back. And they'll be like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll watch a game or two. And then that's it. Those are the fans that you're really, that you're nervous about, right? Yeah. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. We have no idea. But anyway, I think that's all we have to say on this. So let's take a break and let's get into real baseball. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow these guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcasts available on your favorite podcast platform. 
video podcast available on YouTube. Follow, like, subscribe, and join the discussion. They'll be right back. All right, we're back, and let's talk Pirates baseball. Let's talk on paper. Let's pretend the season starts on March 31st, and let's take a look at who we think has a chance of being there, who we think is going to be in some places. I'm not worried about a batting order. I'm not worried about what order the rotation is. Let's just talk about the guys that we think are going to be there just because we want to talk baseball. We would have done this episodes ago. Episodes ago, yeah, we would have probably. done this. So let's go. Let's start with the starting rotation. I think that's the easiest one. I think that's the one that everybody uh, is going to want to talk about anyway. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot. Yeah. I actually had a hard time when I was looking at this. Now, maybe that's because we don't have any bona fide guys that we know we can throw in there right away. <laughs> but last year, the Pirates started 17 different pitchers. Yeah. Now, two of those were like an opener. Like Sam Howard started a game in Luis Oviedo, and the, they were an opener. Mm-hmm. That's how they were being used. It was one or two innings. I think Howard was a one-inning well, open. I mean, technically, Oviedo is a starter, right? I don't know, I but he's, he's net. He, but then, he wasn't being used as he's not stretched no, out. He's no, 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 he no. was a reliever last year. Yeah, but he was a he was a rule five guy. Yeah, so he had we we were kind of hiding him in the in the uh, in the bullpen. But I think he is a starter by trade. Yeah, but and, that's not last year. He wasn't right. He was right. used as an no, opener. Yeah, that's, but I, I know that. I was just. I think he'll end up being a reliever anyway. But they're all starters. They so are. It matters whether they last that long or not. Not all of them, but most yeah. of them. Okay, so with 15 different guys last year, there's no Tyler Anderson, Chad Cool, Chase DeYoung, Trevor Cahill, Stephen Brault, Connor Overton, Cody Ponce. All of those out of the 15, that's seven, are gone. And the new guys coming in are Quintana and Zach Thompson. Quintana and Zach Thompson. Who's the guy? He's the guy that we got in one of the three we got from the Jacob Stallings trade. So you're, you you lose seven, you add two. So now from 15, you're down to 10 guys who have an opportunity yeah. to start games. And basically you're going to look at what, five? Me personally, I did a six for whatever reason. I think the Pirates could use a six man, whether that means you pitch every sixth game or whether that means they do the piggyback starts, which I've talked about before. And I'm actually in favor of a little bit uh, of them taking a little load off of some guys and saying, you get me through the lineup once or you get me through three innings, and then the next guy gets me either through the lineup once or gets me three innings, however they decide to do that. And then you just depend on the bullpen to finish the game. Yeah. And so I think if you could do three and three, then I think you're golden. You get three innings for the bullpen. And I think if you did that, you could even rotate who gets that. And it, it takes a little load off of them, and it also gives you the opportunity to see one more pitcher. Because his one time out, he might have a piggyback start of three innings. The next time out, you see what he can do. Yeah. And, and things like that. And then they can continue to rotate that piggyback start. And maybe that's with six guys. Maybe that's with seven. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100% opposed to that either. But we were talking about last night that they were – this is – Kind of a little bit off topic, but not really. They're talking about they'd like to bring in one more pitcher, and we're like, well, where are they going to put them? Yeah. Well, if you're using guys as piggyback starters, there's room for a pitcher. Yeah. 
because that's not Major League Baseball. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, it could transition to that, but I, I, I just if you're if you want to be a, a good starting pitcher in the major leagues, you better be going five, six, seven innings every time out. Yeah. And and we just I mean, the game is different. We've I know we've had that discussion, so it's different to get knocked out. Because I mean a good pitcher can get knocked out in the second inning. Yeah. But but if the, you want Tyler Glass now to be good, he only faces a lineup twice. Yeah, and I just don't. You can't call him an ace. You can't call him upper echelon pitcher. I'm sorry. No, but the Rays have been able to do that. Yeah, he's also cheating. But anyway, uh, I I just think there's guys that you say, hey, if I want to get the most out of him and I want my team to have the best chance of winning, he faces a lineup twice and I move on. Right, with a lineup like we have, I agree with that. So anyway, I I think when you when you don't have the the five, when you don't have a solid five man yeah, rotation, yeah, I, I can agree to that. Yeah, well, I think, too, even teams that have a great top three, which is what it takes to have a good rotation, I think your four and five guys, if you just if you want to take them from a 550 ERA to a 485, you just don't let them face the lineup the third time through. Yeah. And I think they're starting to learn that. But anyway, regardless of what that is and what it means to be a major league pitcher to one guy to the next, let's uh, we agree on what? Uh, Brubaker, you have my list in front of you, in front of you. I don't have your list. You've got it written down there. Yeah. Uh, what do we have in common? Uh, Brew Baker, Quintana, uh, Bryce Wilson, Mitch Keller, and then I have Dylan Peters cracking the five man with Will Crow being a spot starter slash wrong long relief. Okay, piggyback guy. So I've got Brew Baker, Quintana, Wilson, Keller, Crow, and Thompson. I think that they brought Thompson into play. I think oh, they brought yeah. him in to start. Yeah. So he's in mine. Uh, Dylan Peters, though, I was really mistaken. I saw him as kind of a bullpen guy. I was kind of hoping that, you know, when you talk about Sam Howard being a lefty, I was kind of hoping that Dylan Peters takes Bonda's spot on the roster. I I don't know. I mean, they only started him last year. He had six starts for us. He had no relief appearances. So Dylan Peters is every bit in the running to be in one of those spots. To me, I really think they want to see more of Bryce Wilson. We both have him in our in our uh, you know guesstimate. I think they want to see more of him, but maybe he's a guy that Dylan Peters could knock out. I really think Zach Thompson's in. I think when they made that trade, they were planning on him being in that rotation. They want to see what he has. They haven't seen him yet. They've seen a little bit of Bryce Wilson. Yeah. Will Crow made more starts for the Pirates than any other pitcher last year. That's why my initial reaction was that he's in. Brubaker had uh, a few more innings than Will Crow, like eight more innings or something like that. But Will Crow had one more start than Brubaker did. Yeah. And so when I see that, I can't help but think that Will Crow has to be in there because he was there. Yeah. He was Mr. Reliable when we needed him. He was there. And I know he wasn't great, but at some point you get value in different things. And I see value in innings pitched. I see value in games started if you can be there. I don't devalue when it's not when it doesn't exist. If you were injured, that's one thing. But Mitch Keller couldn't continue to pitch. Not because of an injury, because he was struggling. Yeah. And it was they tried to do something else. He wasn't available in those in those ways. Quintana even was in 29 games last year. Ten of them were starts. He wasn't available to start games because of his struggles. He was moved to the bullpen. So for whatever reason you get moved here or there. I just felt like Will Crow was there. So I had him in mind. I absolutely 
think that Dylan Peters could be a guy that could knock either Will Crow or Bryce Wilson out of the mix. I still think it's six guys, whatever it looks like. I still think it's six guys. Um, but once again, I, I have no reason to believe that other than I just see the way the game goes sometimes. And I, and I think they're open to it. Yeah. And I just think beginning of the year, even if that goes into five, beginning of the year, I could see them going six. Um, even though I know there's a lot of days off in April, it very well could change and they could go four. We've seen that. Right. I don't think they're going to. I think we have too many guys. We want to see them. Right. The biggest thing in 22 is we want to see these guys. And I think that's what we're going to do. Max Kranick also have an, has an outside chance to, to impress. If it's a short spring training, yeah, I also I also see them wanting to see these guys too because we got we got some guys knocking on the door. Yeah, with Contreras and Yahure. You know, yeah, I mean, which I think both of those guys are starting in AAA. Do you have that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with that said, I think Max Kranich has an opportunity with a short spring training. I was about to say with a short spring training, I don't know if he has the chance. Right. With a regular spring training, maybe he could have, but we already know that that doesn't exist. It's going to be a short spring training, so I don't think Max Kranick can do it. I think he has a chance. I have him making the team. I do not have him making the rotation. So if he's one of those long relievers or whatever, I just think we're going to have a lot of those guys. Yeah. I just think we're going to have a lot of starters, and our bullpen is going to be weird, and it's going to be a mix. Mm-hmm. So let's go down through our pitchers now. Uh, there's currently 19 pitchers on the 40-man rosters, which means six of them are not going to make the opening day roster. I believe Blake Cedarland starts off on the injured reserve. I'm not 100% sure of that, but I believe that he's on the injured reserve. So he's already one of them. So we got to pick five guys to be sent down. So I'm just going to say a name. You say up or down. Anthony Bonda. Probably be up. David Bednar. Up. Brubaker. Up. Contreras. Down. I'm with you. Will Crow. Up. Handhold, who we just called uh, uh recalled on waivers from the from the Orioles. Down. I'm with you. He's got two options, so I believe you on that. Howard. Up. Mitch Keller. Up. Max Kranick. Up. Mears. That's gonna be tough. I, I think that'll be a You think he has a shot to make the team? Yeah. I mean he's all right, let's move on real quick and we'll come back to him. Oviedo. Down. Dylan Peters. Up. He has no options. He's a guaranteed he's going to be on the team, in my opinion. Quintana. Up. Stratton. Up. Thompson. Up. Dwayne Underwood. Mm, probably up. I think he's no doubter up. Uh, Bryce Wilson. Up. And Miguel Yohore. Down. Okay, so with that said, what of those guys, now you were kind of mm, on Underwood. You think that Mears could take a spot from Underwood? Yeah. Is that your I'm only one? High. I'm, I'm kind of on Underwood. To me, I'm on Bonda, but bon, yeah, but I, I think I, Bonda or Underwood, and I'm not sure of this, and I'm not, I don't have it pulled up. I'd be con- I'd be concerned about how many options they have. Yeah, because if not, they're gone. If they bring in another guy, one of these guys, I actually have Mears down and my DFA candidate if they sign another pitcher. Yeah, I don't. He doesn't have a chance for me. He has a chance if he can go to AAA and do something different, but he doesn't have a chance to make the team. I think there's, I think I there's, didn't mind him. I, I minded those numbers, uh, and I just when I look at the rest of the guys, I think they, I think they're there, and I don't think that Mears is. Underwood w- gave us a lot of innings when we, you know, in certain situations that yeah. I think that he could do that again. I think as far as your bullpen, 
I think uh, Bonda being lefty, I mean, he's obviously got to be better than that, but uh, but he is what he is. Well, you I th- got Sam Howard. Well, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at Howard, um, Stratton, Underwood, and uh, Bednar with Bonda in the mix and whoever are those guys that don't make the rotation, I think you can figure out your last two, three innings. Yeah. Most of the time between Howard, Stratton, and Bednar. And then throw in those other guys in the mix, depending on what it looks like. That's it. Not in no order, but Brubaker, Quintana, Mitch Keller, and then a mix of of what we can see with Bryce Wilson, Will Crow, Zach Thompson, and Dylan Peters. Yeah. With an outside shot of Max Kranich that I just don't, I don't see with a short, short spring training that he can crack into the rotation. But maybe he could. Uh, it's just hard to say with the way things are going. Position players. This is where we go. There's two catchers. There's two catchers making it. We only have one on the roster right now. So we're calling the second catcher an unknown. Yeah. But he's on the team. Mark. He's on the team. It's probably going to be Michael Perez. I think so too. Right now. I yeah. think they'll end up picking him up, which means I think somebody has to be dropped, but I don't really know. If Cedarland is on the IR, they won't have to drop a guy. So I don't really know I how. Think, I think we're sitting at 38 or 39. Are, are we now, sitting anyway. at 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I just lost count. Okay. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> Guys, I don't care. Yeah. Um, They'll work that out. I don't have to. What we know is there will be two catchers. So let's figure out. Let's do outfield. I think that's the easy way. Okay. What do you got? I have obviously Reynolds in center. Mm-hmm. I have Gam one left. Mm-hmm. And then Alfred and I actually have Allen breaking the lineup as our starting right fielder with Alfred filling in at all three spots. <laughs> okay. I think it'll be the other way. I think Alfred has the shot with Allen being the fourth outfielder. Both of those guys I have on the opening day roster, I don't think they're cutting them. I think they got Allen for a reason, and he has no options. So he either makes the team or we DFA him. Yeah. I don't see all of a cracking it. The only way I do is if the infielders are so bad and all of us whatever that they'll bring up Oliver uh, Oliver to step in every once in a while for pinch hit opportunities if that's even a thing with a DH. So I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that four outfielders is plenty, especially when I have uh, Tucker making the team and he can play outfield as well. So that's that's where I'm at. Uh, the 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 outfielders going down. Oliva, Smith and Jigba, Sawinski and Swaggerty. And I believe that's the case. I I have a hard time outside of Oliva, I have a hard time seeing one of those three uh lefty hitters cracking this roster. I have a hard time believing it'll happen, but I honestly I, I see I could see a situation where Swaggerty comes in and just blows up and they're gonna be like, Well, we don't have a choice. Allen and Alfred, neither one are hitting. I that's the big be thing. Training, because but. we think that Allen and Alfred can come in and be awful, that's where you're opening the door, right? Right. You know what I mean? And so I get that. The The part that I struggle with is that Swaggerty hasn't played in two years. Right. So I know that we're, we're a little different. I think that there's no way he cracks. In a short spring training, I think there's absolutely z- – he could hit a home run every time he comes up to bat – and I think they send him to AAA. I don't know if he does that. <laughs> if somebody does that, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. But he could hit 400 in spring training and he gets sent down. He could, yeah, absolutely. I, I just think that's they're going to be their decision. He's going to AAA. But 
We'll see. And like I said, unless it's so bad with Allen, but I also don't think that Swaggerty makes it unless he's guaranteed a starting spot. Yeah. I think they want him to play more than they want him to be in the major league team. Right. Especially when you talk about years of control and things like that. They, they certainly, if that comes into play. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think we're on the same page there. We think it's Reynolds, Allen, Alfred, and Gamble. And however, I've seen a lot of people putting Gamble in right field and, and Allen, Alfred kind of messing around with left field. Gamble's a left fielder. I think that your chance of him playing right field and putting two center fielders in left field, which I know it's PNC Park, but I think generally Gamble plays left field and the other guys, there's no point in playing two guys out of position. Right. If you can, if you're, if you're already playing out, Alfred and Allen are center fielders by trade. If you're going to play them out of position, there's no point in playing Gamble out of position too. And I know it's corner outfield. It is what it is. But I thought Gamble was fine in left field and I think he'll play left field. Yeah. I just, I don't think you change something, you know, like that just to put in guys that are probably out of there anyway. Now, if you think that the next guy coming up, let's say Smith and Jigba or Swinsky or Swaggerty, if you think left field is their position to earn and you think Gamble will still be there when they get called up and you don't want to make a bunch of other moves, then maybe. But I think Smith and Jigba, Swinsky, I think they could be, I think they're right fielders anyway. Yeah. So I just think you don't mess with it. If Swaggerty comes in and you want to pop him out in left field and that changes the dynamic, I think you just cross that bridge when it comes. I think Gamble plays left field, but here's the deal. Doesn't matter. He's in the lineup. He's in he's on the roster. Infield's a little bit of a of a mix up. There's a lot of people on Diego Castillo. Rodolfo Castro, we saw him a little bit. He offers pop. I think there's value there that maybe. He gets a shot to hit some home runs. If he hits 210, he hits 210. We need homers. If, so there's a lot of people on Castro. Michael Chavis, I've seen a lot of lineups where everybody's putting him at first base and saying, let's go. Uh, I know he's a little bit of a shorter guy, kind of profiles more as a second baseman. But what I'll say is uh, he's played as many games at first as he's played at second. And he's actually played about 30 more innings or 20 more innings at first base than he has at second. So he's really an option in both of those positions. And when you think about Satsugo and his defense at first base, a lot of people are just putting him in DH and saying Chavis gets first. And I don't think I could argue that. Chavis has to show up and hit. He still has an option left. So obviously he's got to earn a spot. But I think that they paid Satsugo to play first base, and I think that he will play first base. And the reason I say that is because shortstop to me is more important than first base in the Pirates' minds. Yeah. What are they trying to figure out? They're trying to figure out who in the heck's going to play short, which brings me to, I think Sutsugo's at first base, and I think they use the DH as a way to give kids at-bats. I do not believe that they use that to just put a poor first baseman. I don't think they care about his, de- his defense at first base. And if Chavis isn't in the lineup to begin with, I think by saying I'm giving Chavis first base because he's a better first baseman, I think you might you might be taking somebody else out of the lineup. Where on any given day, you could have Sutsugo in the lineup, Chavis in the lineup, and Newman in the lineup, and I am not putting Newman at DH. No. I'm not putting, you know, I'm not putting Chavis at first and then what I'm what you're doing 
is what if I also wanted Tucker to play that or not Tucker? What if I also wanted, I don't know. I think I got lost in my, in my thing, (laughs) in my thing there. What I'm saying is that Chavis could just play second base. Yeah. And you could use that DH maybe on that day for O'Neill Cruz, or you could use that DH to give uh, Park some at-bats, or you could use that DH to give another shortstop option at-bats. Yeah, and I, th- I think they will do. I, I don't think they'll put Sasuga at DH and just leave him there all the time, but I think he will be our primary DH. Opening day lineup, I have him at DH. Okay, opening day lineup, I have him at first base because I think the team is going to make a point to say, we we signed you to play first base because we didn't know about a DH. Yes, things have changed. You're going to spend some time at DH, but I think that I think he plays first base as much as he DHs. I so I don't think you can afford to do it. I don't literally that bad on defense. I don't think that they care about how bad he is on defense. I don't think 2022 is about winning games. Uh, I think it's about seeing. I think it's about seeing play. Oh, for the players, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. For the lineup, I think they need to see what they have, and I think the only way to get Cruz on the team, which I don't. By the way, I don't think he starts off the year with the team unless we lose a lot of games. If we lose games, then I see a much better chance of him. If we start in June, for instance, I see a much better shot of Cruz just breaking because they want to see it, and they're going to cut their losses. However, if they play a full 162, which is what we said we're pretending is happening, if they play a full 162, or 154, for that matter, right? I think he starts off in AAA, they give him a couple weeks to get to get moving and then he comes up if he gets moving I think that's what happens however the other reason I think they do that is because I think they want Kevin Newman with at bats if they weren't looking at Kevin Newman getting at bats he would have been gone Kevin Newman will get at bats and Kevin Newman doesn't provide you anything anywhere unless he's playing shortstop or second base yeah he's not going to DH he's not going to get his at bats at DH it's not going to happen if Kevin Newman is in the lineup He's playing shortstop, in my opinion. I do see some scenarios where if him and Cruz are in the lineup and you want Cruz that day playing defense at shortstop, that Kevin Newman could slide to second base and play that. Absolutely. But that means that Tucker and Chavis are both out of the lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what that means. Because I think if Tucker or Chavis is in the lineup, then I think Newman just gets bumped out of the lineup that day. Right. You know what I mean? Or maybe or maybe you have a Chavis at first base, Sutsugo at DH, and Newman at second. You know what I mean? Like, that is one of those scenarios where I see that happening. I just don't think Chavis is in your lineup every day. That I think if you're rotating, maybe Cruz is at DH for a day, and you have Newman, and you want to give Park a day to play, and you want to give Tucker a day, or if Marcano's on the field, you have to give all of these guys at-bats. Sutsugo will play. Chavis doesn't necessarily have to play. And I think in all of those scenarios, first base will be either Sutsugo or Chavis. And I think by saying that Sutsugo's your DH, then you're forcing Chavis in the lineup every time he does that. And I think they won at-bats for Park. They won at-bats for Marcano. And they won at-bats, I mean, I know I just said Chavis, but they won at-bats for Tucker. Those guys will play and they will hit. Yeah. And... I think that they can mess around with defense enough 
to give all of those guys opportunities to play, including Cruz when he comes up, which forces me to think you're going to see Sutsugo at first base a lot more than you think because the only way they can get all of those middle infielders at bats is by putting one of them at DH. And I believe they'll do that. And maybe you'll see Kevin Newman at DH every once in a while. If it's a day where they want, if if it's a day where they want Tucker, Newman, Cruz, and uh who did I just say? Tucker, Newman, Cruz, and Chavis. No, because if Chavis is there, Park. Yeah, and Park. If you want all those guys in the lineup, you gotta figure out how to do it. Actually, you can't do it. If you just want three of those you guys. You could. You could put one of them in the outfield. If you just want three of those guys in the lineup that day. Yeah, you could. Tucker could end up in the outfield. Park could end up in the outfield. Yeah. Chavis has played outfield. Yeah, but I'm not talking about Chavis. I'm talking about if you want Tucker, Park, Cruz, Newman, all those guys can't play at the same time unless Tucker's in the outfield. One of those guys is going to have to DH. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, so with all that said, we've talked about all the scenarios, and none of those scenarios did you and I talk about Castillo or Castro or Peguero. Right. Is that the easy button or all those guys down? Yeah. I think to start the year, the easy button is Castillo and Castro are in AAA, Peguero's in AA. And I don't think anybody has Peguero coming up and playing. I think that's out of the question. Yeah. So we've already sent down in our assessment, both of us have already sent down Castillo, Castro, and Peguero. So the question becomes, one more guy has to go down. If the easy button is O'Neill Cruz... Then it's O'Neill Cruz. If not, you have options for Marcano and Park, one option for Chavis, and one option for Tucker. In my opinion, Tucker is not going down. No. And Tucker cannot go down. If he's going to do this in his career, he's going to do it at the major league level. You're on the team. Prove it to me. Yep. However, the other three guys have a case for being sent down and being moved around. So Tucker's in, Sutsugo's in. Newman's in, Hayes is in. I've only got two more spots, three more spots, I guess. And it's between Park, Marcano, Cruz, and Chavis. Where are you at with that? I'm going to start because I think there's one more easy button. The only other option you have at first base is Chavis. So if Sutsugo needs a day off or needs to be a DH, I think you're outside of Ben Gamble's two games or whatever at first base, five, six innings at first base in his career, I think Chavis is the guy. So yeah. I think out of necessity, unless there's other, there's another signing or something, I think Chavis is on the roster. He only has one option, too. I think that plays. If he does fine, I think it's good. You can keep an option for next year in case that becomes a thing. Yeah, so I mean, I could, see, I could see other people stepping in and playing first base. Enough to say Chavis doesn't make the team? No, I'm just saying. Because you're high on Chavis. I am. So Chavis is on the team for you. Yeah. Regardless of what you're talking about. I don't even know why you would even argue the first base situation if you think Chavis is already on the team. (laughs) I like Chavis as a second baseman, but. he Yeah. just I mean, he's 5'10". Yeah, but he'll play first base. But he'll play first base. Or it'll be Satsugo. I I actually have him down opening day at first base. That's fine. I'm just saying as the season goes, it's going to be one of those two guys. It's not going to be anybody else. I don't see a reason to put anybody else there. It'll be one of those two guys. I just think you got a crowded middle infield. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if to see Cole Tucker over there. If really you do, Chavis is out of the lineup. Right. And Sutsugo is out of the lineup. That's the only reason that has to happen is if both of those guys are not hitting. 
Because if they are hitting, I'd rather have one of those two guys at first base and somebody else can be DHing. I don't think the Pirates I force. Just don't see her. I don't. I don't see your point there. I don't. I, I don't it, see because you could have Sutsugo DH, Cole Tucker at first. Sutsugo is going to be better at first base than Cole Tucker. No, Sutsugo is not better than anybody at any position on the field. He's literally one of the worst defenders in the league. I get you there. <laughs> I think the Pirates value him. He'll play first before Cole Tucker will. If if both of those guys are in the lineup, he's playing first base. I think that's the way the Pirates will handle the situation. Yeah. Do you at and least I, think I, I, that? I think that, yes. But So you're not Derek Shelton. I'm I think Derek Shelton puts Sutugo at first base. Yeah. Right? Probably. Unless Chavis and Sutugo are out of the lineup, one of those two will be at first base. They'll deal with the crowded until middle Sutsu- infield. Until Sutugo just plays his way off of first base. I think he gets first opportunities at it. And he will continue to get that opportunity so long as Michael Chavis is not in the lineup. You will not play Michael Chavis at second base without Sutsugo being at first base. At least that, right? There's no situation where you put Chavis at second and Tucker at first. Mm, There's not. just no reason for that to happen. Probably not. If Chavis is at second, Sutsugo's at first. So, with that said, if you're getting other guys involved, you're getting them involved at DH where Sutsugo falls to first base. So the only way Sutsugo is your DH is if both him and Chavis are in the lineup. That's that's my opinion. With that said, and the only reason we're saying that is to say Chavis is on the team because yeah. you need him on the team. Yeah. If you see a scenario where that's not true all the time, then Chavis could be sent down too. And then you just say Tucker's your second first baseman. I don't think they're ready to do that. No. No, and I, I don't either. But basically what I'm just saying, with I don't think they're going to move Tucker to first base, but I'm thinking Tucker would be willing to play first base and he would he would do just fine if they needed him to. And that in that scenario, Chavis and Sutsugo are not hitting that day. Yeah. And then I see absolutely 100% him, Ben Gamble, they can do that. Mm-hmm. But the only scenario that happens to me is if both of those guys are on the lineup, which means Chavis is on the team. That's really the only thing we're getting to right now. Yeah, well, I mean... That's the only thing we're getting to right now. Are you getting hung up on something else? I am, because you can have Tucker at first base, Park at second, or Newman at second, with Cruz eventually... This is eventually, or let's just say now, Park at second, Newman Or Marcano. Or Marcano. So I think there are reasons to have Chavis on the and still have Sutsugo at DH. Yes. There's no reason. Play him at first and put Park or one of those other guys I at just, DH. I just... Uh, I, I don't, don't think your option is better there. I don't I think... Do. I think... He, here's the thing. Assured hand I don't better. think... We're not talking about... I'm not Derek Shelton. Derek Shelton will play Sutsugo at first if he's in the lineup before he will put Sutsugo at DH and Tucker in the lineup. I think that you will see days where... Chavis could be a DH and Sutsu goes at first. I think that could happen because I think they paid Tutsugo to play first. I, they have a luxury of being able to play him at DH, but I think unless Chavis is at first base, Tutsugo will play first. That's what I think. Not what I would do. That's what I think. <laughs> I wouldn't have re-signed Tutsugo if it yeah. was my call. Right. But even if he would be a DH... I just don't think I don't think the DH is used that way in baseball anymore unless you're Shohei Otani or I guess at this point Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols. 
I just they don't use the DH like that anymore. Uh, even Giancarlo Stanton only only played a hundred. He played a hundred and fifty games, and only a hundred of them were at DH. He still spent fifty games playing the outfield. Yeah, I think that teams use this as a way to say you don't have to play defense today. We will see Brian Reynolds at DH with Alfred oh, yeah. in center or Allen in center, and we're going to see that this year. But I think a lot of it is going to be used in the middle infield because we want to give those guys at bats. But I very well see days that that Reynolds is DHing for us and Allen's in center field or Tucker's in right and somebody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's how they're going to use the DH. I could be wrong. They're going to move this stuff around a lot. But it's going to be moving because they're going to want to give guys days off. And they're going to want to see these middle infielders hit. They're going to get looks. With that said, we got way hung up on Michael Chavis. All I wanted to say was, is he on the team? Yeah. He's on the team. All right. So now we're down to Cruz, Park, and Marcano. One of them's going down. It's going to be Cruz. It's it's the easy button Cruz. If it's a short season, well, we're pretending it's not. We're pretending it's not a short season. Cruz goes down, Park, and you. So you're in on Marcano already because I know a lot of people are really low on Marcano right now. He has not shown it since he came here. He's still very young. He still has two options where Cruz has one. If Cruz clicks and stays there all year, you have an opportunity. I always say you can save an option for another season. Don't know if that happens. Yeah, I mean, Mercano played just fine when he was in San Diego at the major league level. I don't know that his numbers are that good at the major league they level. They were great, but they were a very small sample size as well. I mean, he had a few hits against us in the series when they came. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're going to say no, but I, I he just, hit 182 with the Padres at the major league level. And how many games? In 25 games. I, that doesn't matter. He's 182 with a 280. I'm mean, just saying he didn't play well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you just said is that he played well at the major league level. I think he stepped up when they needed somebody, but I think ultimately it went to that other, that other dude that I can't think of his name of. Yeah, I can't. Chen or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's awful of me. But anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it just 2021 for him, even at the minors, he had 271 last year, which was predominantly what he did in AAA with them when he was hitting 273. Even at Indianapolis last year in 48 games, he had 230. Now, 325 on base, that's still kind of low. I just, he struggled. How old is he? But he's only, he'll be 22 this year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so that's where I'm saying, like, Tucapita Marcano absolutely could be a guy who says, you know what, he's not ready to, to show up here right now. They say Adam Frazier comps, and he's the guy that, you know, Sherrington felt like they missed out on in the Musgrove trade. Is that right? They missed out on him in the Musgrove trade, so he was the Adam Frazier trade. Yeah. But it felt like that was because Sherrington was like, man, I feel like I missed him. I want to get him, and that's the reason we sent him there. And that is not true. He came over in the Musgrove trade. Who was the guy they missed out on? Sawinski? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Ridiculous. He did come in the Adam Frazier trade with Sawinski and, and Miliano. Yes, he came over in the Frazier trade, but it was he wanted him in the Musgrove, Musgrove trade. trade. Sorry. Got a little confused there, but we straightened it out. We're going long here. 
Um, is Park there no matter what? I think so. They never sent him down last year. Right. All right, let's say Park's there no matter what. It's between Marcano and Cruz. Yeah. And I really don't know what they'll do. I feel like they're going to want Cruz to play at AAA. But maybe that's my Neil Huntington trained brain. Right. Neil Huntington saw a lot of value in getting at bats at every level. And that was his process. But I talked about this when Coach Nolan was on here. Jose Altuve did not play AAA, period. Right. And there have been other guys to spend very little time or zero time and make that jump directly. And I think with a 2020 season that was canned for minor leaguers, that there is a possibility that they believe that he provides power now. And with the DH being added, Mm -hmm. they have the ability to ease him into the shortstop position. They were going to see him at short. Yeah. But they also have the ability to say, but I want you to hit, and if I can't play you at short every day because we have Kevin Newman and for whatever reason they're hanging on, I believe he could see, if he plays 135 games this year, he could see 70 of them at DH and 70 of them at short. Yeah. And 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 they might be holding on to Newman in hopes that... And Newman Bruce might not be out of the raw... Like, like we said, go ahead. <laughs> no, I know. I yeah, jumped in there. It's fine. It's fine. Because you were have, saying that. Yeah, they might have Newman on the on the roster, bringing him in. So O'Neill Cruz can be our DH, but he can work out with Newman, field ground balls with Newman, get, I don't want to say Newman becomes like a coach, but in a, in a sense, working with a guy day in, day out, who's just a, a well above plus defender. I hope they don't have Newman as a coach. Right, right. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Last year was the first year he's ever had a plus defense, in my opinion. But he obviously worked hard to get there. He did. So but you're I, gonna have you're you're just gonna get a guy like the one thing they're talking about, Cruz, is his defense. It's not Well, I don't think they are. 100%. I think they're fine with his defense. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean he fields the ball just fine. He's getting him to throw it the first accurately. But they but they rave about his arm. Yeah. We see that like why are the throws bad? But but they're like, we don't care. His arm's great. So, okay. I think he plays his way off a shortstop. I think they're fine with him at short. But I think that they just want to see it happen. And I think the only way to do that is playing him there. And I think that, to your point about, well, I actually thought you were going to go a different way. They're go- Newman's going to play because they want to, they want to trade him. Yeah. So when, when Cruz gets a chance to play short, Newman is not out of the lineup still. That's when he slides to second. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're gonna play Newman, yeah, and he's gonna get the nod over a lot of guys. If if they're if they're playing the trade game, and he'll get game, time at DH the too. They're playing. You may see him back in the outfield again, a little bit, just to show yeah, his versatility. That's like true. Frazier was our everyday second baseman. All of a sudden, trade talks started happening. They started playing him in the outfield again a little. Yeah, bit. that's so possible remember, too. This guy can play a little bit of outfield. Yeah, but he. Newman spent very little time in left field oh, and right. only at the major right. league level. Yeah. Other than the one year when we sent him back to AAA and put him in the outfield to to give him some innings so that we could do right. that. I I wonder if, and that was all Huntington, which is interesting because Sherrington also values that, but I wonder if it didn't go well. Right. And they which, said, which, okay, he's short in second. Yeah. But I think that that's where Newman's going to be is short and second. I don't. The the thing about Adam Frazier is he gives you value at the plate. 
and then you say he can play other positions. Yeah. Newman is like, okay, if he's not playing shortstop, I'm not putting him in the lineup because <laughs> he's yeah. going to hurt my lineup. He's literally his only strength is defense. Right. So at this point, and he could prove that it's not all that great still, mm-hmm. but whatever. Newman's going to play. And I think that's the only thing that can, I actually just, I have Cruz going to AAA. And I think I just talked myself into sending Tucapita Marcano to AAA and letting O'Neill Cruz kick it off yeah. at the major league level right now. Let's go. Yep. But I, I think that. that he is, I think that he is, uh, I think he's your shortstop and DH. And I just don't think that you say you're coming to play DH. I think he plays shortstop half the time. DH half the time that he plays with days off and stuff like that. And I think that Newman plays second when he's in the lineup and, and you now you have Tucker or Park or Chavis or Sutsugo at DH on those days. This is why, in my opinion, you don't see Sutsugo every day at DH because I think that you'll see half of Cruz's starts at DH. And the only way they spin that to Cruz is by saying, listen, we, we, we owe innings to, to Newman as well, and he's not going to DH. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So they're going to they're gonna do this. They're going to play with that DH. They're going to move it around. It's going to be between Cruz, Sutsugo, and then your... A handful of people. And then a handful of people, like, days off guys, like, any time that you want to give Hayes a day off, but you don't want to take him out of the lineup. Reynolds a day off, but you don't want to take him out of the lineup. And then other than that, it's at-bats for guys like Park, Tucker. Uh, You could see Newman DH there if if it's a day that he's supposed to hit and Tucker's supposed to hit and they want to see Tucker play defense. It's going to be Allen. It's going to be, you know what I mean? They're going to get guys opportunities to hit by putting them at DH. Yeah. I just think it's going to happen that way. So that's where I'm at. I, I, but I just talked myself into sending Marcano down and bringing Cruz up right away. Yeah. And I don't think that they'll do that, but then at the same time, maybe they will because Marcano's younger. Yeah. He's not hitting. Now, if he comes out and hits, then I see them saying, all right, let's save some time with Cruz. <laughs> I care to keep him longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very, very interesting. I'm glad we got to talk baseball. I'm glad we got to talk about a lineup. I'm glad that, we went off on a couple tangents talking baseball. <laughs> you got hung up twice in this episode. Usually yeah. that's me. Yep. You got hung up on Chavis, whether or not he's playing first or second, and I'm saying, is he in the lineup? <laughs> <laughs> and you got hung up on war earlier on, so thank you for taking that off me. This was a lot of fun. I always liked it. We've done this a few times, gotten an opportunity to sit in the same room. I think this is the first time we've done it here. Yeah. We've done it back home a few times. Um but this is this has been fun. I like this. Um, maybe we'll see more of this uh, moving. I'd love to, but I need to have a better setup. <laughs> this isn't yeah. bad, obviously, yeah. but it would yeah, be you, nice to have us, us in one shot. Looking at like this, you know, I know, right? We're looking at each other. We're doing that a lot, which probably takes us off the mic a little bit. So I hope the I hope we're fine. We've got a little different mic setup this week too. So and a different camera setup. I'm literally like this. Look, this is Jake's camera. <laughs> So I probably just messed everything up, but That's all right. we'll get it. Yeah, but a lot of fun. Um, deal done Monday. Let's go. That's where get I'm at. Done. That's that's it for me, right? I mean, yeah. that's my closing thing. Get it done Monday, and if you don't, it's on you. Yeah, 
I don't expect to miss opening day. No. And and I want that to be clear that you've let me down. Yeah. I, I just get the get the deal done Monday. I want more episodes to talk about the pirates. That's right. I yeah, I'm we just talked about it too much. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm done with it. There's yep. too much talks about it. I don't I'm getting to the point where uh, I'm done with all of these things. I'm done. Let's play baseball. Get in the same room. Get in there for more than a few hours. Be adults. I think even some, I don't even care how you do it. I think there are even some people saying, if you do this too much, you get so frustrated, you'll never get anything done. So I even see that angle. Yeah. The point is that the players are going to have to understand that they don't hold the cards. No. They don't have any aces. They've got they've got to punt a little bit and hope to do better in 26. And maybe there's a lot of there's five years there or whatever, four years there. I'm dumb. Five years. Maybe after 26, a salary cap looks better. And we know that that's like a we're all over the place on that. And I don't know where I stand on that. Take take the next X amount of years and get yourself a plan for the 26. If you agreement. mess, you're trying to get that CBT up to 250. If you mess with with too much of this season, you'll never get to 250 next time because revenue will go down. Right. And if revenue goes down, you're certainly not going to continue to see contracts go up. So far, from, from the year 1994 to the year 2019, revenue has skyrocketed. Now, we know that 2020, there was a dip, which probably paid a little bit into 2021. I know we're getting there. I know we need to finish this thing up. <laughs> but this, I just feel like... No, you're good. I feel like Monday's the day. Players are going to have to make a sacrifice because if you sacrifice games then you'll never get your CBT. Right. Because revenue is going to keep going down. Our trend is still going to go down, and you're going to have to do something to get it back up. Yeah. And it certainly isn't going to be Max Scherzer getting more money. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. Get these younger players taken care of. That's the most important thing right now. Yeah. I think that if you don't if you don't focus on the younger guys these 40 man guys who aren't playing baseball and have who've already been ripped off of a season in 2020 if you don't take care of those guys then now all of a sudden you're just being selfish the people that are in that room right and you're going to start hearing guys like Travis Swaggerty like these 40 man guys that are just trying to come in or like guys like Key Brian Hayes who are saying hey man and they're going to start picking up the phone and saying you got to start thinking about the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're struggling not getting our paychecks. Yeah. I think, th- yeah, it's so hard to say that. It is. I, I, I know that they're making, still making a lot of money. It is hard to say that. And in, in comparison, we're making nothing in comparison to what you're making at the top 5% in comparison to what even the guys that are third year of arbitration are making. But, but even in comparison, when you think of it to the revenue and how much of a share of this, and you're really good, and how much of a share of this you're getting. Yeah. That's the part that where it's like, we're not getting our piece. You could say that. But also, the biggest thing is, you're going to mess with my service time, which is going to prolong me 
one more year. If I get hurt before I get the free agency, or be, I'm sorry, before I get to arbitration and it ruins my career, I missed out on a, at least a, a year where I made a million dollars. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you, you're messing with those sort of things. You're messing with opportunities. It's not like they're going to go broke. No. But they're missing opportunities if they're missing games. And that's the people you're not taking care of. And this CBA should be about those guys. Yeah. That's what it should be about. All right. I was going to say get it done. That's all I have. But I actually had a little bit more, I guess. <laughs> Here we go again. Getting me fired up. You had to get one in today. I had to get fired up a little bit. <laughs> Players, I'm with you. I think you should be getting paid. I'm all about it. You should be getting your part of the pie where there's all kinds of money coming in. It should be going to you before it should be going to the owners. I believe that. The owners, I'm going to do it again, but I don't care. The owners can do this for 30 years. <laughs> you can't play baseball for 30 years. So if you if you make more money than your owner this year, good, because he's going to make more money in his time. Yeah. It could make more money in his time if we get things right. Unless we unless we just totally kick the crap out of the sport of baseball like we talked about last week, you might do. Don't do that. This sport will thrive if you let it. Yeah. Anyway, now I'm done. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Let's play some daggum music and listen to Keely take us out and tell you guys what to do. We got a new recording and she's just absolutely knocking it out of the park. She's having a lot of fun with this. So let's finish this thing off. My dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>